0: Praise God. Thank you. Would you turn in your Bibles, please, then, to uh, Colossians chapter 2? I appreciate uh, the invitation very much for us to come and to be with you. Always great to come home to Living Rock. never feel we're visiting. We're among friends and family. Um, I have been specifically instructed and asked. This is good. Sometimes I struggle when people come and say, Would you share what's on your heart? I think I've got a million things on my heart. So to have an instruction from the brothers, I appreciate very much. and I've been instructed specifically within your wider uh, looking at the cross and the crown, which is a wonderful thing, to look specifically in the scriptures with you this morning of the power of the cross of Christ. Would you say that with me? The power of the cross of Christ. So say it again. The power of the cross of Christ. So we're going to read a scripture and then we'll come back to it because we'll say some introductory things and then we're going to um, draw out some practical aspects of the power of the cross of Christ. We can't talk about everything, but there are some things that really make a difference. And as we've heard now from the prophetic word, that means you can apply it to your own life. Colossians chapter 2, verse. Uh, we'll start at verse 6. Now, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord walk in Him, or ride in Him, (laughs) rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world, and not based on Christ. For in Christ, the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every ruler and every authority. You're allowed to say amen if you like any of this. In Christ, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh, but in the circumcision of the Messiah. You were buried with him in baptism. And you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. And he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that stood against you and was opposed to you. And God the Father has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. And God disarmed the rulers yes. and the authorities yes. and he disgraced them publicly yes. and he triumphed over them Hallelujah. by him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll come back to that. The cross is uh, A powerful powerful part of God's eternal plan and I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times as you've been ministered to but the cross is God's cross it's not just for me what I get out of it the cross is God's cross God planned the cross God executed the cross through the cross of Christ God did all that because as we're going to get to God wanted to achieve something Not just for us. He wanted to achieve something for himself. So he planned the cross. And because it's God's cross, it's not an accident of history. The cross of Christ has the power to do what God wants. Therefore, the power of the cross is effective whatever day it is today. I know it's Sunday. And it's 2017. And it's July, isn't it? Wow, where does time go when you're having fun? July the 2nd. 2017, the cross is effective at 1127 in this room, even though it happened 2,000 years ago. Now also the cross of Christ. We have to say, it's not the cross. It's not a bit of wood. Don't get superstitious about the cross. Don't get molded about the cross. You don't need to go and see a fragment of the cross. You've got enough fragments of the cross to build a forest. Many people died on crosses. Thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people died on crosses. What happened on this cross was and is unique. It's what happened on it. It's who died, what God transacted, what God did on this cross. That's what makes the cross so powerful. Therefore, you have to understand, and I have to understand, that the cross of Christ... What happened there must be understood in a wider perspective of God's purpose in Christ. God's plan doesn't start with the cross. God's plan in Christ, even though it's starting somewhere, it's eternal. But when you look at Christ, the cross has to be seen in terms of the incarnation. God became one of us. The creator God became human, just like you and me. That's incredible. God stepped into time and became one of us, and he's still one of us. That's another message. But that's not enough. Christmas is not enough. That God-man lived a sinless life all through his life, tempted like you and me, but never, ever sinned. So that the moment he could come to the cross, he was ready and willing, and God's plan was right on course. Everything is working. An incarnation. A sinless life. Yes. Then the cross. Oh. The death yes. of Jesus Christ. Absolutely necessary. Yes. Yes. He died. Yes. He really, really died. Yes. But praise God, that was not the end. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Three days later, yes. Yes. he rose again. Yes. <laughs> yes. But more than that, he never died again. Christ Jesus wasn't just raised to life; he was resurrected to a whole new form of life, and that's what you come into. You know, the cross means nothing without resurrection. If you've got a dead savior living in a grave, we are sickly, we are sick, and we are miserable. But Jesus arose again from the dead. That's what he did. It's amazing. But that wasn't enough. He couldn't just rise from the dead and walk around, thinking, hi, I'm alive. That would been a great trick. He had to take all that, his incarnation, his sinless life, his death on the cross and his resurrection. He had to do something with it. Yes, that's right. He ascended into heaven. He took it back into heaven, into the presence of God the Father, and today he sits at the right hand of God, ruling and reigning the entire universe as King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes. See how the cross fits? But there's more. He sent the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is because of the cross. Pentecost is because of the incarnation. You think, where does it end? I don't know, it just keeps going and going and going. The Holy Spirit came, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And to finish with this this morning, he's now come, not to be with us, but to live the life of the crucified and risen Jesus in us. You doing right? Did I hear a hallelujah from there? Yeah, is that Phil? Is that Phil? But <laughs> Pentecost is only what's going on in heaven. Jesus is ruling and reigning now. Jesus is active in heaven, and everything that Jesus is doing right now, as the incarnate, sinless, dead, risen, Holy Spirit sent King, everything that Jesus is doing in heaven right now, the Holy Spirit is doing in your life and throughout this world Amen. you're kind of important yeah, that's true. if you think Christianity is just getting your sins forgiven going to heaven one day and coming along to church every Sunday sitting in the same seat singing the same songs singing, living the same defeated life friend we've got to wake up yeah. that's it. when we hallelujah I'll preach to the guy out there whoever he is <laughs> I'm going outside <laughs> but there's more He's coming back. Trust is all to do with this. He's coming back again. He's coming back for a glorious bride, a victorious church. He's coming back for Zion. He's coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And He's going to wind it all up. And you think, is that the end? No. Then there's the age to come. And that has no end. And we're going to be ruling and reigning with Him in the age to come. And that's all because... Somewhere in that event is the power of the cross. Isn't it wonderful? And it's important. What you have to understand is every stage of that process from incarnation to the age to come carries with it everything that God has already achieved. So the cross is not an isolated event. The power of the cross is because you have a God who's become incarnate. You have a sinless life. And it takes it all and it embraces it, the power of the cross, and then it passes it on to the resurrection, and on and on and on, and we're the recipients of it, and we're living in this oh, moment yeah. oh, of time. wo, wo, whoa, 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 whoa. So when we hear a song, and we sing a song like we just sang, how can I keep silent? Ooh, glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we shout. Yeah. That's why we shout. Yeah. See, for God, all those events are one act. God sees the whole thing as just one. That's what the power of the cross is. But today, for time's sake, and because I'm under instruction, we're going to focus on the cross and the resurrection and the Pentecost and a little bit of ruling. Let's go back to Colossians, please. Is this okay? Now, we experience all these things. These things are not just technical things. We're experiencing these things. We experience the power of the cross. We experience Pentecost. We experience them. By faith we receive them. This is what we live in. This is the reality. So let's read Colossians 2 again, shall we? Let's start in verse 8 now. Because we're going to look at a few aspects of the power of the cross of Christ. Of what God has done for himself. That we're the recipients of and the beneficiaries of for a purpose. So we're going to ask how he did it and why he did it. He says this in verse 8, Be careful now that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world, and not based on Christ. For in Christ the entire fullness of God's nature dwells in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ. He's the head over every ruler and every authority. Notice that phrase. In him... You were also circumcised with a circumcision, not done with hands, by putting off the body of flesh, but in the circumcision of the Messiah, and having been buried with him in baptism. If you've not been baptized, you need to be today. Before you can receive all, and that's all the benefits of what I'm talking about this morning, you need to be baptized in water, and you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and filled with his power. That's the beginning. Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ and he forgave you all your sins. Why? Because he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against you and opposed to you. And he's taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. And God disarmed the rulers and the authorities. And God disgraced them publicly. And he triumphed over them through Christ. Amen. I will love it. The Bible says here, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. Sin is, no more, sin is not a problem for you know you're a Christian. Living constantly with a sin mentality, you haven't understood and appreciated what Christ has done. Sin is not a problem for the church, sin is a problem for the religious. But God did something for Himself that includes us. He made us alive with Christ, He forgave our sins. He did that for Himself. But it includes us with the beneficiaries because He has a purpose for us that is not centered in us. But He said, To, to get you where I want it, I've got to do something. I've got to deal with this barrier of sin that's between us. So how did God do that? Well, the first thing it says in verse 14, it says God erased what the Bible calls the certificate of debt. You may have a record of charges or a charge of legal indebtedness. Whichever <laughs> way you look at it, it ain't good, is it? <laughs> you know, It's like when you get that, uh, that letter through the post, you know, parking fine, and they got you, and you think... Oh, hallelujah, <laughs> they got me, and you think, hmm. What that means is it's a legal document of proven charges against you. You can't say, well, no, 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 it's proven charges. These proven charges were held against you and for which you were liable. If you like the vernacular, you were caught, bang, to rights. The certificate of death comes and says, This is who you are. And you say, You got me. Yeah. Do you know what that certificate of death said about you? Sinner? Rebel? God hater? Not me? Yep. Evil? You say, but I come from Leicestershire. How could I be evil? If you were Welsh, I could understand that. <laughs> Wicked? Child of the devil, controlled by sin, self-righteous, proud, independent, deserving of death and hell. Yep, that's me. Stinking, filthy, dirty, rotten, lousy, sinner. That's your certificate of debt. And you say, fair cop. Until a moment in your life when you come to that, there's no hope for you. God can't help you. Until you stand before him and you say, that's right, that's, that's exactly right. Because that's what God says about you. It's not unjustified accusations. That's who you and I were. Do you know what happened at the cross of Christ? God erased that certificate of death. It opposed you. It stood against you. He erased it. That word means to obliterate. He obliterated a charge that was against you. And if nothing else, that should make you smile or cry and just think, oh. It means to wipe away completely. That word is used twice more in the New Testament. Acts chapter 3, once where Peter says, now repent and turn back to God that your sins might be wiped away, erased. That's what he did. And there's a lovely thing in Revelation chapter 1, or Revelation chapter 7 rather, where it says God will wipe every tear from our eyes. It's the same word. God will erase every tear. There's no tears in heaven. It might be when we get there for some of us because we will think, oh Lord, what I could have done. He said, hmm it's time to wipe that away now. How did God do that? You see, God did it. God actively did something at the cross on that certificate of debt that was against you, justifiably. He nailed it to the cross of Christ. That's part of the reason of the power of the cross of Christ, because God actively took that certificate of charge, that debt against you, and He deliberately, purposely nailed it to the cross. When God the Father nailed His Son, please don't put, think the devil put Jesus on the cross. Don't think the Romans put. God the Father put His Son on the cross. He said, how could He be so cruel? It wasn't cruel. It was, it was one of the greatest acts of love ever the world has seen. Amen. But to achieve something for God, it's not just about sentimentality for us. God said, I've got to achieve something. I've got to remove this certificate of debt. And there's only one who can do it, me. And if you're a Christian, that's what's happened to you. If you're not a Christian, he still did it. But you've got to come into the goodness of it. The Father purposely nailed his son to the cross. And he purposely nailed your certificate of debt to the cross. Let me say this. I think I can say, yes, I can say this. He purposely nailed your certificate of debt to Christ. That's what he did. And you think you're not important. You think God didn't love me. If you'd been the only one, if it just for you, he would have done it. But also, for our purpose, in the supernatural realms, something happened when God did that. God displayed his power when he did that. That's an act of power. Notice it says here, if you look in Acts chapter, uh, Colossians chapter 2, he disarmed all rulers and authorities in that moment. Yeah. He disgraced them, it says. Yeah. He triumphed over them. Let's just break that down a bit. The word disarm means here, not just if you're in a fight and you knock a weapon out of a hand, like some, say, say, Alex is coming at me, you know, with his baton and I just just, disarm him and knock it flying but he's still still able to attack me, doesn't mean that the word disarm means to violently tear off somebody's clothes to strip somebody naked ruthlessly it means to take someone and say I'm having you and you strip all their clothes off so they're left naked and exposed, you think well that's not very nice that's what God did very graphic, isn't it? Yes. It's not like I'm disarming you, now go away, you naughty boy. Because I'm going, to deal with, I'm going to deal with something here. Every ruler and every authority, yes. I'm going to show you what you really are, yes. and I'm going to strip you naked. Yes. The tragedy is sometimes you'll see clips and news clips of people where tyrannical regimes do that to innocent people, and that they, strip them, they strip them naked. It's a terrible thing to see. Because some, that's what they're doing. They're showing them of what they really are. They're weak. They're powerless. They've got nothing. That's what God did. We'll come back more. We'll build on it in a moment. Then He disgraced them. That word disgrace means to expose them, somebody publicly then, to make a public show of somebody. Not only to strip somebody naked then, but to show them off. You think, ooh, that's what it means. And the word triumph means to lead somebody as a prisoner around in a chain, in a triumphal possession. So come on, you come with me. Now let's break that down a bit because we need to explain that because that's the reality of what's going on here today. That can be a cog for you in your wheel, your bike. You need to know really what's happened and where you live from. You see, to all human appearances... That's what happened to Jesus at the cross. He was disarmed. Humanly, publicly, he was disarmed. He was stripped naked. He was humiliated. So if you're looking naturally, you think, total failure, total defeat. All over, he was disarmed. He was disgraced. He was publicly exposed on a cross. Not only did they that, they, they stuck him up on a cross for everyone to see and say, ha, ah, look at him. That's what the that's what the Jews said. Look at him. Ha <laughs> ha da 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 da. Failure. We got you. We won. He was triumphed over. He was put on display and he was led as a prisoner, wasn't he? Through the streets. They dragged him through the streets, naked and bleeding by the Roman forces and by all the spiritual powers and authorities that worked that day. That's what they did. On the face of it, when you look at the cross, total defeat, total failure, total ignominy, not an easy word to say, total shame, total death, total and utter fail. And many Christians live like that because they see a beaten Jesus on a cross and they say, oh my Jesus, can you help me? Look at you, you're weak and powerless. And Jesus says, see what really happened. It's time, Christians, for you to understand what was really going on at this cross. It appeared that way, but really, I want to show you the reality of what was really going on because I was releasing all the power of the universe in that moment. The reality is this. I'm going to take a drink of water for this (laughs) because if you don't get excited, I do. It's incredible stuff. At the cross of Christ, every ruler, every authority, Satan himself, every principality, every power, every dominion, every authority, everything that stood opposed to him, supernatural and natural, every human government, every human empire, every human ambition, every supernatural ruler, authority in that moment that stood opposed to him, and stood opposed to us God first of all violently stripped them bare yeah. Yeah. you couldn't see it with your natural eye but you live in the heavenly realms and that's what really happened yeah. Yeah. in that moment every spirit, every ruler thought, thinking yeah and God the Father says yeah you think and all of a sudden whoosh yeah. and all of a sudden they're oh <laughs> we thought we thought we were the winners. God said, "You think I'm God?" Yeah, that's right. My throne is My throne is great. I'm doing a number on you that will change the whole universe. That every one of my children will live in the good of. He exposed them. He stripped them bare, utter loss of power. But more than that, you know what God did then? He disgraced them, every ruler and authority. You think, Lord, have a little bit of pity on the demons, will you? He said, no, no, no. Not at all. I'm ruthlessly dealing with something today to establish something in this earth that Adam should have established but failed to do so. I'm establishing something in this earth through the power of this cross. He disgraced them. He exposed them. He made a show of them. There was no respect for their dignity. He said, Come on. Oh, no, we're make it. Come on. You come with me. Yeah. Have a look, Steph. Look at him. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Look at that ruler that's still against you. Look at him. Yeah. And you think, <laughs> Go on, have a laugh. Yeah. Have a laugh at it. Yeah. See it for what it really is. Yeah. Oh, but the, de- the devil's on my back. The devil's on my back. No, he's not. Yeah. I've got such a hard life, you know, the, the enemy's all over. What? He said, have a look, what I've really, 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 really done. When are you going to start living in the power and the reality of what I've achieved? Amen. God, why would you speak so strongly to us? He says, because it cost me everything to achieve this. It cost me the life of my own son. thank you, Lord. But I thought it was just going to heaven and getting my sins forgiven. That's the cream on the cake. It's a big cake, and I love cream. But then it says more than that. He triumphed over them. He put them on display. He led them round as prisoners in a triumphal possession. I love that. He says, Right, boys, all all of you. Come on, you think, oh, leave us on. He says, I haven't finished with you yet. Put the chain on their neck. Let's walk around. Have a look, Sarah. See them? You see them? You see them? Oh, that, that, well, that one that has that been a problem for me. He said, see it? Yeah. On, he tugs on the chain a bit. Come on, come on. Yeah. And he never, lets look, he never lets go of that chain. Right. Yeah. He doesn't say, now off you go. He says, I got it. Yeah. At the cross, God showed his power yeah. that's right. through his enemies humiliating defeat. He beat them yeah. in complete degradation. Yeah. And we're the beneficiaries of that. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. Do you know that when it says about leading in triumph, the same term is used of you. Yes. It's used in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. In a, a different way, because he doesn't lead you around like that. But it says, thanks be to God who always leads us in a glorious triumph. Yes. He puts us on display in Christ. He leads us. He says, because of that, and because of your faith and coming to Christ, he says, right, come on, I'm going to start showing you off now. Oh, I'm just a sinner. Oh, I'm nothing. He said, put your head up. Look what I've done to that spirit, those rulers and authorities. And we said, oh, yeah, but, but. He said, head up. Shoulders back. Stomach's in. Chin's up. Why? Why? I'm showing off my triumph and my glory and my power and my victory through Stefan Ruig. Whoa. Through Mike Shooter. That's what he does. Through Simon Rowland. That's why you're in this world. You're in this world to display the glorious triumph and victory of Jesus Christ and nothing less. Yeah. Yeah. That's a clue for the way, by the way. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. Is it making sense to you? Yes, it is. This is only one aspect of the power of the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Philippians chapter 2. That's why I was very moved, and that's the last song we sang. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, you know the scripture well. Talking about Jesus. Christ Jesus humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. Ah, ha, ha, ha. For this reason, God also highly exalted Him. So He raised Him up, and He exalted Him. There's the process, and He gave Him the name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, say it like God says it. At the name of. Jesus. Never be ashamed of that name. At the name of... Jesus. Every... Yes. Every knee bows, Every ruler. Yes. Every authority. Those who are in heaven and earth and under the earth, wherever they are. Yes. And every tongue will agree... Yes. that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. At the power of the cross and the resurrection because of what Jesus did God the Father gave him a name of every name no matter what the name is no matter what the ruler or the authority, no matter what opposition God has one answer for you Jesus name some names that want to oppose Jesus go on name some name some rulers and authorities that would say depression Depression? you know what God's answer is Jesus? Yes, that's right. As I declare his name now, the Spirit of God is going to start putting some cogs in some machines of moving. Say some names. Sickness? God's name above it? Yes. Yes. Jesus? Yes. 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 Another name? Fear. Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's Not just a name. Yeah. Everything that God has achieved is in that name. Yeah. Yeah. Any right. other Poverty. 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 Yeah. Jesus? Yeah. Some of you are frightened to name names because you think, ooh, if I name that one. Terrorism. Terrorism. Jesus? Yes. Right. Jesus? Yes. yes. Say it with me. We're going to agree on this. Jesus. 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 Yes. Jesus. Say again. Debt. Fear? Yeah. Debt. 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 Death. 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 Death and debt. Yeah. Jesus? Amen. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Addiction. Addiction. Whoa. Jesus you see Roger these are very simplistic answers it's the only answer God provides (laughs) Jesus come on you name some things don't be frightened apathy Apathy. Uh one of the biggest sicknesses in the church can be apathy I'm indifferent some of you as you're hearing this this morning think I heard that before (laughs) you're in danger I've been a Christian 50-odd years. This grips my spirit more than ever. Amen. Apathy. Jesus. Amen. May you discover, if you're apathetic, may you discover a cog. May you discover a bike that you never knew you were riding. You need to get on a new bike. Anything else? Unbelievers. family, Jesus. Lord, can you save me? Yes. Amen. You think the name of Jesus is less than anything else? Would you stand to your feet right now? We haven't finished it, but you need to stand to our feet right now. Sometimes you just need to speak that name. Yeah. 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 Sometimes the spirit of rulers and authorities say, don't, don't say that name. Don't say that name. Don't say that. Because they want to con you and convince you. That they still have the power. Yeah. The certificate of death is still there. And he says, I have triumphed. Oh, yeah. And I have given a name above every ruler and authority. Yes, I, I just want you right now. Yes, just to begin to speak that name of Jesus to yourself. Yes. Jesus. If you can't take his name on your lips right now. You need to change. If you're a Christian, take his name. Just say, Jesus. It's not a mantra. It's not Simon Says. This is the name above every name, and you can unlock that name by saying it. Unlock the cog. Move higher. Say his name. Young people, say his name. It's the coolest name you ever hear. Say his name. Jesus. 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 Thank you. I'm going to say things. Doubt. Jesus. Fear. Jesus. Shame. Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us now. Move us on from just filling our heads with information. Jesus. What was written on your certificate of debt? What things were written against you? Tell me some things that were written against you on your certificate of debt. Pride. You need to say another name now then. Jesus. Jesus. What was on your certificate of debt, Graham? Sin. Sin. Mm-hmm. What's on it now? It's gone. Wow. Jesus. Wide yes. clean. clean. Yes. Jesus. Yes. Jesus. Wow. Yes. Hey, these are the cogs, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Say again. Unforgiveness was on your certificate of debt. Wow. Do you know what? It's gone. Yes. yes. It doesn't exist anymore. Yes. Hallelujah. So what name are you going to take on your lips now? Jesus. 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 Forgiveness. He is. How are you feeling right now? Good. Good. You think, wow, it's much better, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's much better. Yeah. (laughs) It's good. You're having a good time, aren't you? Yeah. I love coming to a church where even one lady has a good time. That's worth (laughs) my trip. (laughs) Because some th- that's a cog for you in your gear. Yes. You'll never be the same again. No. <laughs> Could you just be seated, then? Thank you. Are we doing okay for time here? Okay. We have to put a why on all this. These are, these are, this is what ha- has happened to you. But we've said that the power of the cross, God has a purpose, He wants to achieve something. And as wonderful as that is for us, hear me right that's not the only motivation for what God does it's not about us it's not just for us would you turn to two scriptures Isaiah 53 and Hebrews 2 please Isaiah 53 is a great passage and we talk about quite rightly about him suffering and dying he was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities the chastisement that was upon us brought him as peace by his stripes we are healed but often we stop there because verse 10, at the end of verse 10, it says in that moment at the cross about Jesus, it says, verse 10, second part, it says, he will see his offspring. He will see his offspring and he will prolong his days and the will of Yahweh will succeed by his hand. Who are his offspring? We are. We are. You are his offspring. That's, why, that's what was going on because God said, I've got to achieve something. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2 now, please. See, when we see the power of the cross from what God achieved for himself, you get a different perspective. And it makes you appreciate more what he's done for you. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 says this. In bringing many sons to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, that's God the Father, all things exist for Him and through Him, should make the source of their salvation complete through His sufferings. For the one who sanctifies us, makes us holy, makes us like Him, and those who are sanctified, who are made like Him, all have one Father. That's why Jesus is not ashamed to call Alison Patterson her brother. But she's a lady. But if you understand what it means to be in Christ, it just means belonging to the same family. Let me explain this to you simply. This is what happened. This is the why. This is why God did all this stuff. At the cross of Christ, God exercised his power in sowing his son. He sowed him in order to reap something. That's the power of the cross and the resurrection and everything else is the outflow of that. He sowed his son in order to reap a family of righteous sons who were just like his only son. That's why he did it. Not just to forgive Ben Morris of his sins, but he said, I want a family of sons who were just like my son. So I'm going to sow my son Deal with all this junk, all these rulers and authorities. Destroy their power. So why? So I can get in my hands a family of sons, female and male, who are just like my son. Not who will become if they work hard, but who are just like him. That's fulfilling the the mandate of Genesis 1, to fill the earth with a people were just like me. He said, let's fill the earth with the people like us. That's why you're here in in, in Leicestershire and wherever you are. That's why you're here. That's why he's done it. That's why he's disarmed all the principalities and rules. And if I'm spending all my life thinking, am I free? Am I free? Am I free? He says, would you just please move on? Because I've got a purpose for you that I brought you into this world for. And it's not for you to be coming up for appeals all the time. I don't want to sound tough, but thinking, I'm, I've been a Christian 10 years, but I'm still struggling with this. He says, then you don't realize what I've already done for you in Christ. And the moment you came into Christ and you were baptized in water and filled with my Holy Spirit, I gave you a whole bike. <laughs> and you're not going to ride the Tour de France, you're going to ride the Tour to Life. <laughs> and it hasn't got 20 gears, it's got eternal, infinite gears. Because all the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now is living in you. preach. I'm doing my best. I'm going as fast as I can. You <laughs> See, that's why you're here. The power of the cross of Christ brought a whole new race into being. There's only two races in this world. It's not, it's not the Welsh and the rest. <laughs> you know, that's what you taught me. Those in Adam and those in Christ. I'll read this quote, this is by a man called DeVern Frommke, and then we're almost through. He says, God not only speaks of the first and last Adam, God speaks of the first and second man. When the Lord Jesus was crucified on the cross, he was nailed there, and he was laid in the tomb as the last Adam. Everything that was in the first Adam, all that sin, was gathered up and done away in Christ. In God's reckoning, Adam was left in the grave so were you. We were included there. Yes. By Jesus' death, the old race was completely wiped out. Yeah. Erased. Yeah. There'll never be another Adam. But when Christ, as the last Adam, had moved into death, he carried a whole family into the grave. And over it, God pronounced, the end. Yeah. But Christ, as the second man, brought forth a new race by his resurrection. Yes, amen. The power of the cross is affected in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what we are, I'm in the presence today because of what God has done at the power of the cross. I'm in the presence of righteous sons of God. It's a great privilege for me to stand and address you because that's who you really are. You say, well, I don't feel like that. Then you need to repent, change your mind Mm -hmm. because I'm telling you the realities of who you are. You're righteous. You're part of the family. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, it is. That's why you say I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Oh, I'm free. Do you know that scripture where you think I'm, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom? It's great. Do you know what the, the real meaning is? It, if it is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom for the spirit to be free. It's not initially my freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom for the Holy Spirit to be free, yeah. to be the Spirit. Yeah. And what the Spirit does, he enacts the power of the cross of Christ and says, well, you, you people are free. Yeah. yeah, we're free, why? Not because we've got great musicians, which we have, and we can sing good songs. He There's something about you. You're in the glorious freedom of the sons of God. Yeah. You say, yep. Yeah. Lastly, this. We're not only righteous, glorified sons, I'm going to, we're going to open a, this is the last scripture I'm going to read now, I think. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Every time I open to this verse, I kind of think, oh, oh, this is like a, this is like a nuclear explosion about to go off in a church when I read this one, seeing this time and time again. You see, this is not a kind of forensic transaction that God does. You say, well, what does that mean for me in my life now today? Well, as the word came from Diane and Sarah, you you put the flesh on it in your daily life, but this is who you are. Romans 8 verse 11. Because the spirit of him who raised from Jesus from the dead is living his life as God in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives his life as God in you. In you. The power of the cross of Christ is manifested in my life by the fact that the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead has now come to make his home in me. Not in a special way, because I'm standing behind this lectern. No, do you know the same power, the same ability that not only raised Jesus from the dead, but the same ability and the same power that created this whole universe? Right. Yes, that's right. Is now living in you. All of Him. All of Him. All of Him. All of Him. You didn't get a little bit he said when I'm coming I'm coming and when I'm coming into you I'm coming with everything that I am all my ability and all my power and all my person and everything that happened on that cross I'm going to empower it into you and I'm going to show off the glory and the power of Jesus Christ to every one of you Amen. Now some of you are thinking no oh, not me not me not me That's a ruler and authority lying to you. You might think, I'm being spiritual now because I'm thinking less of myself. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And you'd be made to think that by voices and words of people who have told you that. That's a lie. God has said, that lying spirit, what have I done? I've stripped it naked. I disgraced it and I'm holding it up for what it is to say it's a lie because all my person and all my power is living in you, Madam. Yes. yes. All of him. Yes. All of him. Yes. All of him. Yes. He doesn't carve himself up. He'll say, well, you can have a piece of me and you can have a piece of me. He says, all of me is in all of you. Thank you. All Thank of you. me is in all of you. Now he says, it's time. It's time for us to move from sameness and asking God, say, Lord, please give me more power. He says, I can't do that. I've given you it all. You've got to start putting it to work now. You'll be baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Think, it's time now. Just got to live every moment of every day, displaying the power. Not walking around thinking. Mmm. He's just living in the person, the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's putting on display the glory of the power of the cross of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I met a lady the other day. I was with a friend, Jess Davy. We were just going for a cup of coffee, and we were going to this coffee shop, and we were just about to open. As we were standing there, there was a lady, and she she came up and she was going in, and you know, we always started to chat to her. And she said, oh, "I'm coming for a cup of coffee." And I said, "Do you come here? Do you come here often?" <laughs> and she said, "Well, normally, so it's a group of us, eight ladies, and with our husbands, and we usually go walking." But she said, oh, not, my, "My husband's not well." She's telling me something. Yes. yes. My husband's not well. I said, oh, "I'm sorry to hear that." And she said, "Well, actually, he has cancer, and he's he's terminal. He only has some months to live." And she said, "I'm so sorry." Total stranger. But she begins to talk to us. Yeah. Why? She doesn't realize that she's engaging the sons of God. Yeah. Wow. She's engaging the power of the cross. Wow. Yeah. We're going for a cup of coffee. Yeah. I said, I'm very sorry to hear that. And how long have you been, and she talked to us and we went in and said, you're going in. And she said, no, we're going to be noisy. I said, well, you go over in that corner because we're going in the quiet corner. We want to talk. And uh, we just talked a bit more as so we were waiting for a seat. And then my friend, Jez, who's, I've thought, i softened her up. I thought, here comes Jez. He says, um, what's your husband's name? what's your name? She said, my name is this. And she said, he said, uh, we're Christians. Like to, we're like we going to pray for your husband. And she said, well, I don't believe any of that. And I said, that's okay. We'll believe for you. She said, would you really? I said, she, she said, yes. So she said, thank you. You're such nice man." <laughs> Now you think she went off to sit with her friends and we, sat there, and we sat at the table and we said, we prayed for this man, his name is Malcolm, and we prayed and we prayed, Lord, give him a miracle. Yeah. But say this lady, Wendy, two minutes, she encountered the power of the cross through the Holy Spirit. Now you think, did she get saved? Not yet. Has he got healed? Not yet. But I know where she goes on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> Everyone's got an unfinished story. Yeah, that's it. And all you have to do is live in the power of the Holy Spirit. power of the Holy Spirit. Don't settle. Move up. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church, and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.